you're you smacking the microphone, the microphone works too. I suppose wicking the microphone works too. Well, I give it a good wick. <laughs> it it makes sense so you can uh, edit you can it later. Line it up. I guess line is like one word you don't yep. edit it with. Line it up better. <laughs> line. <laughs> John, like if you transliterate, um, or not transliterate, but like in uh, in New Zealand, John Wick would be like John Wack, but they pronounce it the same. John Wick. <laughs> John Wick. <laughs> <laughs> He's dog. He's just gonna pump him full of lead. He's gonna do All some sorts of bots. There might be a knife or two in there. If some of them out dead, yeah, somebody's got a knife in them. <laughs> they're not dead. The the paramedics are going to need paramedics. to do. Paramedics are gonna have to do some medic. CPR. Medic, 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 something like that. All right, that, now I'm just going a little British. <laughs> it is hard, hard to maintain <laughs> one me, when you can kind of do all of them. <laughs> me duck. I know. That's I was uh, helping with some Koinonia stuff, which is a retreat that our Newman Center puts on. And we were waiting for something, and so I was just kind of going through my accents. And I was kind of tired, so I had a hard time like shifting between the accents that I do. And so like I would start... I would start doing like New Zealand or something, and then it would shift into Texas for some reason. <laughs> so I guess they're both. Solid. I'll tell you what. I'm yeah. gonna go down on the barbie. I, I would just watch. Like blending them. <laughs> yeah, I would. I would watch um, Australian King of the Hill. <laughs> that would be so much more entertaining. I bet that Djibouti dubs guy. No, what's his name? There's that a ch- channel that does the Australian dubs of things. Um, Djibouti dubs. Scarnan Scarnan cunts. Yeah. Okay, that sounds right. Um, he's probably the Australian Djibouti dubs or whatever. But yeah, that'd be that'd be kind of entertaining. It's uh, <laughs> just like the slang that they use is for um, different words. It's nearly impossible to understand sometimes for rubes like us who are not learned in the ways of the Outback. No, well, awful. you know, up us from up north there, uh, we, we have a hard time understanding most people. Yep. And most people have a hard time understanding us, so, you know. After, after, um, after I got back from doing a little pheasant hunting this morning, which would explain my slight grogginess. Um, we, my brother and I were watching, we were eating some pizza and watching this TV show called Impractical Jokers. So these four guys um, make, like have each other do these different dares and practical jokes. Um, and if, if they don't do it, like go out in public to random people. And if they don't do it, then they have to do something embarrassing at the end. Um, and so there was one where 
they had to pretend that they were working at this grocery store and they were posing two of them would pose as two employees and they would have to try to get a random customer to relay messages back and forth until one of them gave up or they couldn't get the person to do it again and they had this one lady delivering messages for them for like 15 minutes and so like at first she was a little annoyed and then i think she got to a certain point (laughs) where she just just kept going and they were making up like this narrative that was just kind of fantastical and ridiculous as as it went along and she was just like okay i'm sort of in it now i gotta see how this ends (laughs) so it was it was pretty pretty at that point the sunk cost fallacy set in and she had to just see how it ended yeah yep But uh, I, it was a beautiful morning to be out pheasant hunting. We didn't get any pheasants until we were about to leave, and I shot one. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was good. We finally taught my brother's dog how to at least find pheasants. Well, she can fetch now a little bit, but she she's still not quite used to the whole feathers in the mouth thing. But she'll uh-huh. find them, so that's something at least. She'll just stand by it until you come get it. Which is better than nothing. Uh, baby steps. Yeah, baby or steps. puppy steps, I should say. Yeah, four-year-old puppy steps. She's, she's, a, she's, she's four a, now? Yeah. Hmm. She's a uh, matured dog, I'd say, at this point. How are things in seminary land? Seminary land is everything happening all at once. I suppose getting you guys ready for the Christmas break. We are departing on Tuesday. Okay. So I suppose uh, is this the uh last pre Thanksgiving episode we'll be doing remotely? Yep. Sweet. Well we might we'll probably be doing one more because I'll be spending Thanksgiving week in uh Wisconsin, right? In Lacrosse, yeah. We'll yeah. have to figure out how what we do or don't do for, for podcast recording over Thanksgiving. Well, because, I mean, week. this episode will come out on Monday, so that'll cover Thanksgiving week. And I imagine, um, rather, you'll probably be, in, when are you planning on getting to Fargo? Fun podcast stuff, guys. Uh, probably Sunday. Okay. So, well, well, we'll figure it out. You guys will get an episode one way or the other. It's just a matter of when. Maybe we maybe we release <gasps> on a Tuesday. <sighs> Or something like that. But maybe we could record at your place and get my brother, your brother-in-law, to do the Batman episode. Oh yeah, we could do a Batman episode with Andrew. Yeah, that would be fun. That would probably do at some point. Anyway, what's new with you, Nathan? Um, I mean, not a lot. I'm I'm just kind of trucking away at school. school. Just solid blocks of school. I'm still working in the same places I've been working, and not a lot new has been going on there. So it's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm approaching finals, so a couple of my classes have, like, we've covered all the material, so we're going to drop lectures entirely and just do oh, some sure. projects and do some labs and then do the final exams. How um, long of a Christmas break are they giving you guys now this year? <clears throat> uh couple weeks okay so the standard it's that's right. pretty standard i'm not yeah. sure how coming back post christmas holiday will be mm-hmm. given how skittish people are in general about yeah. things right about now just because the <sighs> interesting to find out the the big cough is being a problem yes that it continues to do 
which for now <clears throat> things yeah. are looking better so hopefully hopefully this time next year we will be going on our merry ways without too much extra concern we've been saying that all year i know and this time next year keeps getting further and further away one day Does at a time or is it always <laughs> or is it always 365 days away it is <laughs> it's always 365 days away somewhere or is it five o'clock i forget <laughs> <laughs> this time last year was this time this year but last year mm-hmm. and this time next year is going is this time last year two years from then when will then <laughs> be now soon, soon. <laughs> we are not talking about space balls incidentally incidentally not however we are talking about um well well we're the palladian papists i'm james i'm nathan and i'm riley we are talking about incidentally scott pilgrim is it versus versus the world world. okay i always want to say scott pilgrim saves the world i'm like no he doesn't save anybody except himself himself. and a couple of ladies yeah but yes a another one of our uh our boy um edgar wright one of his films probably one of the ones i mean because he made um shawn of the dead Excuse me, uh, and Hot Fuzz and um, World's End, which were kind of cult classics. But I think this one, I forget when it came out, but I want to say it was probably like... 2010. What, 2000? 2010, I was thinking. Yeah. It's yeah. probably when he kind of broke into... I mean, it got into a lot of people's attention, I suppose. Well, it's. I think it's partly because this is... This is a, a little bit different from his normal style because he's adapting his style to fit a, an indie comic, yeah, like an internet comic. So that's part of the why it, it it probably broke out better than the other ones. It's because it was based on source material people were already interested in and expend, excited yeah. about. Just think this movie and how close we were to having Edgar Wright direct Ant-Man. Oh, dude, that would have been awesome. <laughs> like, you can still kind of see his influence on it here and there. But what, what dumb thing did he post on Twitter to get him kicked off the project? I think it was more just because the whole MCU canon maintenance thing. He sure, kind of felt he... creatively restrained is my understanding sure. of the deal. So, And he kind of likes to, you know, be flexible and creative with his works. Because, so. boy, are they flexible and creative. Oh, yeah, in all the <laughs> best ways. He... He had to it. He had to adhere to the narrative of a comic book in this movie. So. Yeah, but the particular I mean, but style like of that comic book just a little bit. I feel like your 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 headphones again, man. I know. I I had I, I literally like hold them and like twist twist the audio jack around to make sure that it doesn't crap out. Make your point, Riley. <laughs> there you go. I think the particular style of comic book that Scott Pilgrim is totally fits the way he does films because it's just so wacky and out there that he has a lot of leverage to Mm -hmm. do his thing creatively with the film it it plays a lot with the medium oh yeah which is something the the comic did as i understand to its respective medium i haven't read it yet i'm not sure if i will given there's there's some it's an internet comic from the early mid 2000s so there's some weirdness so what's the deal with this scott pilgrim guy 
Well, this Scott Pilgrim guy is a 22-year-old kind of, I don't know, couch potato that lives in Canada, more or less. Mm -hmm. And he plays in a band, which is like the thing he actually enjoys about his life. That's sort of mm -hmm. the, the hobby that he finds joy in. And he's the bassist for the band. And played um, by Michael Sarah, who I yes. guess plays bass in real life, apparently. Michael Sarah is just the perfect person for this character. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Michael Sarah gives off the impression that he just kind of accidentally walked into uh, a Hollywood film studio one day and just, like, fit the role perfectly. <laughs> mm hmm. And so That's a like, lot of his roles. He just, it's just like, he just sort of. How is this guy an actor? Like, how is this? <laughs> I don't understand. He, he, he just plays himself in every movie. Yeah, he does. But, but they, they write to him in every movie, yeah. so it works. Yeah. But anyway, um, he's dating a young lady named Knives Chow, who is uh, 17. So. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I forget what the circumstances surrounding it are, but, oh yeah, he has a dream about this girl, this, it, who isn't Knives, some different girl he doesn't know, mm -hmm. and then he gets a package from Amazon, mind you, this is 2010, so this is before they were like, well, he thing. goes, he goes to a party and I think runs into her first, maybe, or wait, oh, oh, I'm, I, I didn't watch this that long ago, so he has this dream about the girl. I think he sees her, and he's like, "Who's this? Who's this girl?" And he asks people he knows, and somebody tells her, tells him that's Ramona Flowers. She's gonna be at this party tonight. And they, him and his friends are at the party, and so he tries to find her and meet her. I think that's kind of how it goes. And then after the party, um, he orders a package from Amazon because he found out that she delivers packages for Amazon. Um, a book specifically because that's what they did back then and in modern day whenever this was 2010 2010 which probably a little bit earlier given the, yeah the time frame between writing the comic and making the movie and stuff and so he uh he orders the book so she'll show up at his house and he asks her on a date even though he, she's dating this other girl who he hasn't broken up with yet yep and she's 17 so yes. so all very strange things but um so his band goes in to play this um battle of the bands and it's like um this is like a competition that mm -hmm. their band is going for and ramona is <coughs> apparently also going to be there so mm -hmm. his goal is kind of to impress her with the band she's kind of a punk sort of Kind rock of personality lady. yeah yeah, yeah. Dyed personality. Hair. all that stuff so Be before the battle of the bands scott had received this weird email saying this guy wanted to battle him for some reason so he deletes the email and goes on and then they go to battle of the bands yes and what happens at the battle of the bands this guy shows up and he's like i'm gonna fight you and he's like wait what like in the middle of a song it, it turns and out he's like didn't you get my email band? what's that what is this guy in the other band no he just shows up uh, yeah he just he just shows up and he's like i'm gonna fight you and he's like who are you didn't you get my email that was you and so 
He's like, yeah, I'm Ramona Flowers' ex, and... I, I'm, I'm from the League of Evil Exes, and yeah. we have to all fight you in order to, uh, for, for you to date Ramona. <laughs> yeah. And so he gets into a fight, and, uh, and uh, Scott beats him, and he explodes into a pile of coins like it's a video game. It's sort of fantastical. Well, because the movie seems like semi-normal up to that point, and then this is just goes off. This fight sequence is where things start to go off the rails, and you realize this is a different kind of movie. <laughs> I mean, there, yeah. there were there were hints of it being a different kind of movie up to this point, but, right? Uh, but this is where it's like concretely like, oh dang, yep this this is going to be this going to be a little different. It's very stylized, is what this film is. Oh yes. So there are there are seven evil exes, and Scott learns that he has to defeat all of them in order to date Ramona. So he breaks up with Knives because he's like in this now, mm-hmm. and he's going for it. And then he gets attacked by subsequently, you know, the next three, who are one of them is like Chris a, Evans. A, Chris Evans was he the skateboarder like, guy or the he, vegan? No, he's guy? the movie star. He was the skateboarder guy. He was the skateboarder guy, and then there's a superpowered vegan guy. He, he has <laughs> he has superpowers because he's vegan and better right. than everybody else. And the vegan guy is dating Scott's ex, who dumped him hard. So it's a pretty loaded battle of the exes for him, emotionally speaking. Yeah. I forget what he does in order to. He tricks him into to, drinking a cup of coffee with real milk in it. And then the vegan yeah. police show up and arrest him for his his third strike. Yeah, because apparently chicken isn't vegan. Yep, and there's one other thing that wasn't vegan. <laughs> it was, and so I take away his vegan powers, and then Scott punches him into a pile of coins. Yep, I think and... the skateboarder guy he tricks into doing a uh, <clears throat> doing a rail that's ridiculously long, and he explode like you know goes goes down a blaze um, blaze of glory and. A massive explosion of coins. <laughs> yeah, so Scott continues to beat more and more evil exes, and he's also getting, like, really irritated with this whole process, so he breaks up with... Does he break up with Ramona, or does she break up with him? I think it's mutual. Like, they get into yeah. a fight about it after one. he beats one of the evil exes because he's sick of her not being transparent with him. And she's sick of him being annoyed and not understanding. So, yeah. And then, so there's like this even bigger battle of the bands that they get to go to because they won the last one. Mm-hmm. And there's two more evil exes at that one, which they both subsequently defeat. Mm-hmm. And what happens after that? I think at that oh, yeah. one, she's under she he sees her like at this point they've they've been separated for a little bit and he sees her at this battle of the bands with this guy who is like this music producer called gideon gray i believe um, i know his name is gideon i, f- I forget what his yeah gideon last name is. and he's like and he he's got like this whole green aesthetic and she, she's dyed her hair green and she's with him now and he's kind of crestfallen about that Um, let's see. And then I think he finds out that she's actually being controlled by, by him or, or yeah, Ramona is being controlled by Gideon who has planted a chip in the back 
a computer chip in the back of her neck or something. Also, Gideon is the the last evil ex. Yep, who formed the League of Evil Exes. Because he was so heartbroken over Ramona leaving him. Yep. He's kind of evil. And he signs the the band this without uh, uh, er, er, he signs Scott's band who have moved on from him because he hates Gideon and so they, they have young Neil, the guy who's just kind of tagging along with them, take over as the bassist. So they they go play a, a gig for him, and then Scott realizes, okay, I'm going to have to go and try to save Ramona from this guy. I forget what he did, but he gets like a one-up. And then... Yeah, by, I think it was defeating one of the evil exes. Yeah. Or like, well, yeah, something like that. Yeah. He gets a one-up and then goes to confront Gideon and try to free... Ramona. He, he challenges Gideon at first and then dies. Mm-hmm. He, 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 well, he draws like in, in the first fight with Gideon, uh, he, in the, in the big climactic, uh, sudden protagonist power activate moment. He pulls a sword of love the, from the his power heart. of love. Just a katana. He, he, he bursts gets out equipped of his with chest. the power of love. And it's like this pink katana that's pixelated. Yeah. And but he gets his, his butt handed to him by Gideon. Well, and then that. knives shows up. And she's like, you stole Scott for me and starts fighting with uh, Ramona. And so... Um, Doesn't Ramona have like a oversized hammer or something? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's kind of her deal. That she just pulls out of her jacket. <laughs> um, so yeah, Scott gets beat by Gideon and dies and goes to this dream world. Where I think it's revealed that Ramona is under his control. Uh, yeah. Of Gideon, rather. Um, and then he comes back. I think he has like some sort of revelation. And so he comes back because he has a one up. So he has an extra life. So he comes back. And this time, instead of the power, he realizes that it's sort of his mistakes that have led him here and wrecked both of his relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, um, it's like, it starts him at the beginning of the fight again where he first confronts Gideon. And he, and he starts off, knife shows exactly up. exactly the same. Well, he starts off exactly the same, and then he's like, wait a minute, and then apologizes to Knives and Ramona for cheating on both of them with both of them at the same time and being a jerk. Mm. And then instead of being equipped with the power of love, a sword, which is uh, the power of self-respect, bursts out of his chest. (laughs) And it's like exactly the same as the power of love sword, but red. Yeah. And so gets into another fight with Gideon. And wins this time with the help of Knives and uh, Ramona. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so and... after that, in the film, he goes off with Ramona to try again, basically. I think in the comic, he ends up with Knives again. Mm-hmm. Right. There's this funny little beat where it's like after he beats him, uh, after he beats Gideon, like Dark Scott shows up. And then there's like this, looks like there's going to be this confrontation. It's like, you first have to deal with the dark shadow of yourself, Dark Scott Pilgrim. And then it just cuts to where they're having like a friendly conversation. It's like, yeah, it turns out we actually had a lot in common. Um, we're going to we're gonna meet for coffee on Tuesday, so, or something like that. And then, yeah, he goes off with Ramona. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of the plot. Yeah there's there's little character beats and other things going on in there with with scott's roommate um 
and different different things going on too. Uh, That's the general plot. The general plot, yeah. So, what were some of the things we liked about Scout Pilgrim versus the World? Firstly, I think it does something really cool with the sort of source medium. Mm-hmm. It has like these sort of comic book stylized text that appears on the on the screen when mm-hmm. they do certain actions. So like there's various onomatopoeia. Like when mm-hmm. someone gets whacked, there'll be like a wham on the screen mm-hmm. and stylized comic book lettering. Yep, and swooshes. Yeah, and mm-hmm. just other stuff like that, which is really, really fun. And I think it it takes the source material and incorporates it into a new medium in a way that really fits the style. Yeah. Right. And then you combine that with Edgar Wright's style of like camera movement and, you know, snappy editing mm-hmm. to create some sort of visual comedy. Like um, at one point, um, I think after Ramona and Scott split up, Scott is sitting in his house moping with his roommate and then <laughs> Knives comes up to try to talk to Scott and rings the doorbell. <laughs> and uh, Or no, like she's on the phone with his roommate and he's like, oh, you're coming over? Scott pops up and then <laughs> grabs his jacket and then his roommate answers the door and Scott jumps out the window <laughs> behind him. <laughs> <laughs> the super comical little sequence there but little things like that throughout the movie are, yeah are pretty good and to the overall style of the film is um this comic was like an, an internet comic from mm-hmm. like the late 2000s so it's got this almost like like inter- web comics at the time new grounds that stuff was like a lot of a lot of uh old video game nostalgia just like building on that right yeah, yeah so this very... has it has very vi- arcadey video gamey elements and like it's, injected into all the fight scenes and all the like visual gags it's and all structured the, kind of like a zelda game or actually if, if or like a mega man game you fight the all the bosses till till you get to the final boss and win it's like but you hear zelda also, sound effects throughout the movie oh yes at oh, the yes. beginning there's like sort of the intro music well that's because like one of the characters is playing on a ds in the background yeah and then uh, I think there's like the isn't there like the fairy song? I think like during point? the dream sequence, there's yeah. the fairy fountain song from Link to the Past. And then so like, and then he uh, opens a ch- like opens a box, I think, and it's like the chest. It, it, it played it played like a jingle like that. The chest jingle, the chest opening jingle. So like little details like that so sprinkled like, in there. Though the, the arcade elements plus the comic elements plus Edgar Wright's editing make this film like a really crazy fun colorful thing to watch it's Mm -hmm. just like all the fight scenes are like one part comic book one part video game one part edgar wright and use of music too which edgar wright is uh, also really good at that yeah so it's just there's a lot of just really neat stuff that would have been like hard to capture or could have come off as forced or cheesy or just this is like a serious comic book movie right but this movie doesn't take itself very seriously at all Right, and I think it it does so in a way that really complements and enhances the the translation of the source material to movie. Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah, yeah. The other um, kind of big point I like is the way it treats um, Scott's journey. Mm-hmm. So he is like, you know, in typical teenage fashion. Well, 
he's not a teenager. Twenty-two-year-old teenager. He he still is like a very immature, you know, not emotionally developed guy. He moved out of his parents' house across the street into this sort of weird concrete bunker of a house. <laughs> so he didn't get very far away from his, uh, yeah, from his childhood that way. That sort of way symbolized that. But he's, he hasn't grown yeah, up much. He's very like emotionally underdeveloped, and that you see that in the way that he interacts with Knives and Ramona, and sort of not committing to. You know, breaking up with knives before he starts dating Ramona, which is mm-hmm. guys. If anyone out there is listening to this, do not ever do that. Yeah, they will they, both. Uh, they'll both hate you, and you'll hate yourself. Just and don't. you'll probably which deserve it. That's what happens in the movie. Yeah, it, right. It's like he he faces those consequences, and that's part of his emotional and like growing up journey, like realizing how awful he he was being. Mm-hmm. And really, it was not out of, like, oh, I'm just going to take whatever I want. I'm going to get as much as I can. It was really coming from a place of insecurity. Yeah. He did not have an established self-worth, which yeah. you see play out in the final scene. And even scene. a damaged self-worth because he, he had this you know, his ex-girlfriend who had, you know, left him for another guy um, and dumped him hard. So he's still kind of reeling from that emotional, um, I guess, uh, roller coaster. And it's funny, like the little little things they do to illustrate that, where uh, he hasn't gotten his hair cut since he broke up with uh, his girlfriend. And uh, or I think it only gotten cut once and it was cut really badly. And so and whenever somebody brings it up, like he'll suddenly have a hat on to cover it up. <laughs> right. in like the next shot, it's just it, like, like cuts to him. It's like, wait, who cut your hair? What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> like in the next shot, he's wearing, yeah, he's wearing a hat. Sort just, of uh, just emphasizing editing that. comedy like Edgar Wright likes to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you see him realize that, you know, once he literally dies, yeah mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. he's like oh gosh maybe the reason like i am really not capable of doing what i want to do is because i don't have self-respect and, and every now and again his sister um anna kendrick is uh yeah that's that's the actor i'm thinking of yeah, yeah it's anna she, kendrick. very very young anna kendrick um she uh she kind of calls him out for like kind of his loserly ways every now and again, some rather comedic, uh, some rather comedic ways. And then there's also, um, I guess another cameo more or less is uh, April from parks and recreation. I think who's constantly, I guess it speaks more of the visual style of the show, but she's kind of ripping on Scott and then swearing, but it, it, uh, it bleeps her, and then there's like a little black box that shows up over her mouth every time she talks. It's like, how are you doing that? <laughs> um, random aside, but yeah, so like Scott's sister kind of calls him out for his shenanigans, and his roommate, for his part, yeah. also calls him out, even though his roommate isn't the most uh, above board it person. It isn't much better. Yeah. But yeah. And the way it resolves is not really like he's totally better now and he's just great everything's fine but mm-hmm. you see that he's able to you know be comfortable with dark scott 
Yeah. So he's mm-hmm. like he realizes his faults and the things that are not so great about him, and he accepts them and is willing and to dialogue. He's willing with to them. work with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of you know having a massive showdown and destroying Dark Link, like you would in uh, say Ocarina of Time, um, he uh, yeah he manages to sort of reconcile with that instead of trying to destroy that part of himself. And mm-hmm. sort of a more realistic, healthy way of approaching that. Because you can never completely eradicate your dark side, but you can come to terms with it and try to live for the better. Mm-hmm. As we often say in the seminary formation world, self-knowledge leads into self-acceptance to self-gift. Mm-hmm. You have to know who you are. You have to accept who you are in order to give yourself away. Yeah. And that's sort of the place where Scott finds himself at the end of the film. Right, because he couldn't properly court either girl because he really couldn't give himself. Mm-hmm. He um, he sort of, he didn't even really know who he was. Mm-hmm. So yeah. much less accept who he was. He lives in a very bare bones apartment with his roommate. I think there's like half of the room, like there's like this little shot where it's showing little labels for all the stuff in the room, like who it belongs to. And there's like a couple of little random things in the corner that are Scott's and the rest is his roommates. So he's, he's kind of not really doing much with his life. Mm-hmm. Doesn't have a job besides the band. Yeah. Just kind of bumming across the street from where he grew up. Um, let's see. Those are the two things I wanted to highlight. Do you guys have anything apart from that? Um, nothing comes to mind that we haven't already brought up that won't also be brought up. Like later in the... Yes. The In the analysis. This is part of the analysis, but this like is the, final, the final... Points. In the final analysis. The final analysis. Uh, What else was I like about the movie? Um, we covered like the, the comedy, the visual comedy, the editing, the music, oh, yeah. so the stylization. Um, do we have any criticisms of the movie? Oh, there are criticisms, there are criticisms to be made to be had. Oh, from a moral perspective. Uh, for one see. thing, one of, uh, Ramona's evil exes is a girl played by, uh, I, I believe it's Brie Larson. Uh, Brie Larson. No, no. Brie Larson was Scott's ex. Was she? That is... Her boyfriend's the vegan guy. Oh, I thought I thought Captain Marvel was uh, Ramona's evil ex. No, no, that was Brie, Brie Larson was with the vegan okay. guy. Okay. Yeah, I I remember she was in the movie. <laughs> yeah, I Not just Brie assumed Larson, it was, she was the, somebody else. the part that was like, oh. But she did have an evil ex who was a gal, and um, uh, so that's and a that, little, that's the thing in the that, movie. That's the thing. So, and, this and is May Whitman was. The evil ex. Oh, okay. 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 Um, and then, and then Scott's roommate is uh, of a similar sort of persuasion. Basically, the same joke. Yeah. But both, I think both are like played off as jokes, but it's just yeah. like, ah, eh. ah, eh, yeah. Um, and then on his uh, first date with Ramona. Things get a little um, intimate, but then not actually, you know, completely, but still kind of inappropriate. Yeah. Um, so there's sort of that ethos behind it. So different things, like different 
I guess deficiencies of the modern culture that seep their way in. in Just because that's it's tangible late two thousands, early twenty tens internet. That's the culture that was making comics at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, so it it has that, that stamp on it. it. Uh, what else? Also, it's a little weird. Yeah, he's he's dating a Scott's dating a girl who's seventeen at the beginning of the movie, and nobody questions it. In in fact, like at the beginning of the movie, like the the opening starts out uh, in Canada. There's there's a boy named Scott who is dating a high schooler. That's like how it starts, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "Wait!" I think it's meant to every like everybody. Well, everybody who he brings it up to is just kind of like, wait, what? So mm-hmm. it's kind of played off as like, this is a little weird. But it's also, it, it could be like, he hasn't really grown up. Yeah. So. so he's not looking for somebody his own age. That could be one thing. Um, I guess those are like the main things that come to my mind that should uh, just like, hmm. meet with some criticism. Yeah. Um, It is... Scott going with knives or not going with knives and going with Ramona, I guess, is contro- a little bit controversial among fans. Well, because it's not like the comics and therefore bad. Yeah. Um. But I think they actually filmed it both ways, and then they had to make like a final decision. Sure. On you how. can you can make an argument both ways about like the fundamental meaning of what going with either person would do. Yeah. It's like Ramona was this <clears throat> sort of symbol of the thing I want and I'm going to chase after that thing cuz I'm immature and I don't mm-hmm. realize, you know, the gift that I have with me right now. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, Ramona could realize- be seen as like a symbol of him growing up and sort of rejecting this immature side of himself. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't hate uh, either decision, but I'm not a, yeah. a, com- a fan of the comic before I saw the movie, so take that I, with uh, a grain of salt. I guess uh, sort of a symbol of, of uh, Scott's shallowness is a song he writes for Ramona, which is him just singing her name over and over again. <laughs> um, and she's, and then he finishes it, and she's like, wow, I can't wait till it's finished. It's just kind of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, Ramona keeps changing her hair. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's a different color in every, like, fight scene. I suppose we could dive into Ramona's character a little bit. We talked plenty about Scott, but what, what's, what's Ramona's whole deal? She's got sort of a... Well, she's... At every turn, she's had this mysterious past. Right. I think I think one of her signature things is she's got this checkered past she's unwilling to open up about and kind yeah. of just wants to leave behind her. Yeah. And she's reluctant to bring Scott into that. Mm-hmm. Even um, though he gets swept up into it anyway. Yeah, and she sort of, in that way, uses him to try to forget about it, but it keeps coming back. By, by having him defeat her past demons for her. Yeah, which creates some friction between the two of them. But she's constantly searching for somebody who is going to, I guess not, well, it sounds like, it's sort of implied from the stories that they all kind of, all the exes, for the most part, kind of feel dumped by her. And so, like, she's kind of got that flower. She keeps, like, like at first these guys seem kind of decent. And they did these outrageous feats of uh, heroism and epic fight scenes together. But 
Um, but then she just sorts of s- sort of gets tired of them and moves on to the next thing. So kind of a, an adrenaline junkie almost. Yeah. Just kind of looking for the next experience. Mm-hmm. So she's she's got her own flaws, I guess. Um, I'm trying to think what are some redeeming qualities for her, though. <laughs> what were the redeeming qualities? <laughs> yeah. Honestly, she doesn't have a lot. And she she doesn't really seem to change much beyond her attitude toward uh, Scott. Scott. Yeah, she opens movie. up more and more to to him over the course of the movie. And I think that's really only as a result of him like demonstrating that he's capable of hanging with the evil exes. Yeah, like otherwise he's like, mm, I don't know about this guy. He's capable of literally dealing with her past. Right. Um. And then there's Knives, I suppose. She's Her character is very fiercely loyal, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, she's like their band's number one fan. And even after... Uh, well, and then once Ramona sort of steals Scott's gaze, as it were, she sort of fiercely fights to try to... Try to get him back. She wants to get at Ramona and, uh, yeah, get, get Scott back. Um, and she like doesn't she like actually fight with Scott at some point with like a katana and everything? I think. Well, or, she or has knives. Right. Oh yeah, because she, she is her name is knives and she has knives. Um, in the final fight scene. Right. Well, she dyes her hair to try to look like oh, Ramona yeah. to like Ramona. to see if uh, if that will maybe win Scott back. And then uh, I think they're all sitting in this in this green room with. Uh, with Scott's ex and then the vegan guy. And I think, doesn't he like headbutt the dye out of her hair or something like that? <laughs> something crazy uh, like that. I'm I like completely knock her unconscious. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Her, her thing is she's kind of, she, she's, she's seven. She's immature. She, yeah. She's 17. So she's like, uh, but the, but at but, the end of the movie, she's able to let go of him. Right, or she's willing to let go of him. Yeah, so she tells her him to go to go to Ramona at the end. Right, which still still up for debate whether that was the the correct decision. Mm-hmm. It's like you could go either way, more or less. I love uh, I love Knives' sister that just kind of follows her around and is just sort of dealing with her mm-hmm. kind of wildness. <laughs> With a more or less even keel, I found that kind of amusing. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, those are some some of the discussion. I guess do we want to get into the uh, transcendental analysis. In just a moment, I need to go to the restroom. Okay. Okay. Pause. Are we gonna stop our recording on our side? And I'll mess up the file. Okay. So we'll just behind the scenes featurette. But behind the scenes, we'll, we'll we'll cut this out of the episode and save it for Patreon backers when we get one. Yeah, <laughs> or if we get one, Patreon you need has backers apparently have a Patreon, some weird stuff to it. Yeah. Um. So there's that. We could set something up ourselves, but that would be a lot of work. I mean, Web Riley gets up here, and then I think Andre, um, the weekend of his birthday actually is going to be staying here to take the ACT. 
and maybe if we could get Isaac out here, or even if we could just hang out with Isaac at some point and just record some bumpers. Tell Isaac to, or tell Andre when he comes over for to take the ACT. Just bring Isaac. Bring Isaac. Isaac. Yeah. I mean, we'd probably have Andre's birthday party like that weekend at some point. So I'm not sure how that. What week is that? That's the. That's the twelfth. The twelfth. Yeah. Okay. Yep. All right, Riley is back and sitting down in his chair and grabbing his headphones and putting his headphones on and leaning back and moving his microphone and adjusting did you, his microphone. Did you leave it recording? Yeah. Okay. I figured so, that would make it easier for editing purposes. That, that's what we As figured. As did we. Um, so basically the, the part where we're talking, but his has like a completely flat line. Actually, there was... <laughs> Andrew and I have enough beer for six holidays. <laughs> Maybe for Michelle. That's six holidays worth of beer. Anyway. It depends on whose family they visit. And bring this is to. true. Anyway. All right. Pause so, for editing. Here we go, diving into... Transcendental okay. analysis. Yes. Truth. What elements of truth can we as Catholics pull from Scott Pilgrim versus the world? Don't it's a sort date of, two girls at the same time. Yeah, there's a lot of things, truths by the opposite of what is done in the movie that we can learn. But also the truth by what is done in the movie is Scott needs to learn to uh, know who he is and accept who he is Mm -hmm. before he can move on and start giving himself and having a like real fulfilling like a proper relationship, proper relationships. Yep. With his friends as well as as the girls he's right interested in. By the end of the film, his his relationship with the rest of his bandmates is like back square and actually better than it was before. And they're a band mm-hmm. again, and they're working better together than they ever have. Yeah. So it's not just for for dating purposes; it's for other just being a person that has friends. Yeah. Learning how to be a decent human being. Um. He does sort of have like. Even though, like, he does have, like, this tenacity and grit and combat, um, like, like his ability to, you know, fight and win. It's like Grit he's, he's got sort it's of an indomitable spirit. spirit. It's... <laughs> Sorry, headphones. What now? It's, it's like Grit like It's all fighting spirit. Oh, yeah. It's like he, he, he Upward goes... spirals. Just spiraling upwards. He, he just kind of goes into Street Fighter mode and just mm-hmm. goes ham on people because that's the the part of the story we're in now. Yeah. But uh, but he sort of has that indomitability about him that like he's able to, even in his down moments. Right. He has a goal. Yeah. And he he is determined to work toward that goal, even if he doesn't have the With means of to get to that goal. Yeah. With moments of discouragement. Oh well, yes, because it's it's a movie and he's a character. Yeah. Well, yes. You need. <laughs> he's to also confidence. like physically a shrimp. He's yeah. Not, he's not a strong looking guy. So. Which is why it's kind of funny when he starts backflipping and throwing things around at people. Yeah. All the um, more speaks to his determination, despite mm-hmm. his physical, you know, shortcomings. 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 Yeah. You are filled with determination. That, that's a different thing. Yes, a different thing. We'll get to that eventually. Um, uh, goodness. 
What are some what's some goodness we could that is in this movie? Uh, like I like, mentioned, Scott and Dark Scott. Yeah, that was like a, that was a good bit. Mm-hmm. It was a brief bit, but it was a good bit nonetheless. It's like, it was a, a very necessary bit to like yeah cap off his development, mm-hmm. and it's just so fitting. Because he has like this big climactic triumph, and then but he still has to deal with his dark side, and it could be like in you know in everyday life, you have to. You may have these triumphant moments, but then at the end of the day, you still have to deal with the dark side of yourself. You can't keep pushing it under the surface and, you know, not, you know, not coping or dealing with it. Mm-hmm. You have to face up to that at some point if you're going to grow as a person. Um, yeah, let's see. Knives for her part. Um she kind of makes a sacrifice at the end of the movie to allow, you know, have let Scott be happy mm-hmm. and pursue Ramona. I think in, so, in mostly in general knives is uh, the point of the highlight of goodness in the film. Yeah. yeah. She's not mature, but she's very loyal in her heart. In some in ways, right a bit place. of a, a little bit of a tragic figure in some ways, yeah. but her, like, her loyalty is pretty admirable. Mm hmm. Yeah, because for a solid chunk of the movie, people are being just kind of being jerks to everybody else. Yeah, uh, and and knives included, but she's also just she's trying her best to be her best for Scott, even yeah. though he doesn't. He is showing interest that. in her. Yeah. Um, let's see. What are other things? Um. I guess that's the main. Those are some of the that, main. That's things. kind of the main points. Yeah. Of that. Beauty, again, very very stylized movie, okay. comic book style, and very fun to watch. Like editing, music. It's, um, it's so colorful. It's like oh yes. I don't know, like a this kind of blue, pink, green color palette. If yeah. you've seen the the comics at all, the the comics, the original comic, uses those kinds of bright, vibrant contrasting colors and so the movie incorporates them in really well mm-hmm. to like make this really just vibrant colorscape come to life on yeah on, and every now screen. and again there's sort of like this really stylized shot in the movie that's expressing something going on in a character's mind mm-hmm. or like sort of a transition like uh like um ramona taking scott's hand and then they kind of float over this black space to her to her door um like little random moments like that or like when knives like when scott breaks up with knives at the record store the whole screen behind her goes black and she just sort of you know like there's a close-up on her face like just sort of like little little like um little frames like would be in the comic like would be in the comic probably taken directly from the comic yeah they're a little more stylized but like the way they're incorporated in the movie, it, like it's a little bit different. And it's it's kind of funky. It's but like a live action cartoon. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really take you out of it, and it kind of serves the purpose. It serves its purpose. It's trying to carry yeah. across. Um, I guess too, like when Ramona's giving flashback stories about her exes, it shows literally like comic panels mm-hmm. of their adventures together. 
So the movie just has a style about it that's just, just really fun. Mm-hmm. Word of the day for Scott Pilgrim. Style. That, that's whenever we talk about an Edgar Wright movie, let's face it. Yeah, yeah. He has a style. Well, we've only talked about one other Edgar Wright movie. It was Baby Driver. On, on the podcast, yeah. We've, I mean, we've, we've talked about him. other Edgar Wright movies in our normal life after yeah. watching um, them. Well, and then we've referenced him, I think, now and again. But yeah, we've covered Baby Primarily Driver. in the Baby Driver movie. Yeah. Re- I mean, we sort of, we talked, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, Unity. What what do parts of this movie reveal about the whole? And how does it all come together? It almost feels like, I mean, it, it doesn't almost feel like, it really does feel like this sort of wild, insane allegory of the journey of a kid's maturity almost yeah mm-hmm. it it serves everything is sort of oriented to that all of the ridiculousness all of the punching people and turning them into coins mm-hmm. yeah the, the whole style of it is reminiscent of comic books and video games very childish things mm-hmm. so the the growing up past that but framed in that way i they, they, they kind of go together in kind of a unique, interesting way. Another little element I forgot sort of illustrates, like he goes to like this house party, Scott does, and he just drinks Coke Zero while everybody else is like drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of a little, even though he's well over 21. That was kind of another little detail, yeah, where he's like sort of symbolizing his maturity level. Mm-hmm. Not that, you know, drinking alcohol makes you mature, but, you know. Right. In fact, in some cases, it's it's less than that. Yeah. But yeah, it's like we, we we talk about the 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 style of the film a lot. It's very but, structurally sound from a storytelling oh yes. standpoint. The, but like every, everything comes together to serve the the purpose of the story it's trying to tell, even yep. if it's being told in the most zany over the top way you could think of. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Anything Do we have else? anything else? That any we other discussion? Any, any discussion? <laughs> any discussion? Seeing as there's none. I, I, I will entertain a motion to end the podcast. <laughs> Second. <laughs> motion has been properly uh, moved and seconded. All yeah. those in favor say aye. Well, we have a majority. We Not like anyway. <laughs> well, the movement and second would be majority, wouldn't it? In this particular case, <laughs> in this in this case, not like Riley Riley would have, would be the minority and object in this case. But thank you for listening to our nonsense, such <laughs> as such. Um, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Palapapus. Um, you can also listen to our podcasts on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Um, send us an email with your questions, comments, concerns, and complaints, or requests for future episodes uh, to the uh, palladiumpapist at gmail.com. Um, we'll figure out what we're going to do about the Thanksgiving time. This will come up the week of Thanksgiving, but we'll figure out when if the you, next episode If you're listening to this uh, a year from now or two years from it doesn't last matter. year, just, just click the next now. episode in the queue. <laughs> um, but if you're listening to this in current year, in modern day 2020, well, it won't be modern day 2020 for another... No, but if you are listening to this in modern day 2020, stay tuned for our next episode. 
if, if you if you aren't listening to it in modern day 2020, the next episode's already out. You should go listen to and it. You're probably, it's probably pretty good. Regardless, if you're in modern day 2020 or in the future modern day, whatever in, year. If it's current year, listen to our podcast, please. And if it's current year, you're probably rolling your eyes that we're still doing this bit. So we bid you farewell, ladies and gentlemen. And for those who are living in modern day 2020, have a happy Thanksgiving from us here at the Palladian Papers. And American Thanksgiving. So, I don't know. Probably already had one if you were Canadian. Yeah. Which, so. Do we have any Canadian viewers? I don't think so. Uh, we have one. We, we, have, we have no viewers. We have listeners. Yeah. I, 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 I said that. So. Anyway. Thank you, Canadian listener. We just talked about your countrymen today. You should be happy. <laughs> this was for you. <laughs> this one goes out to all of our Canadian listener out there. <laughs> all, all two of the Canadian listeners. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye. Bye.